0: Back to the Half Swing Shinty Podcast. This is Episode 80, and we're here to review and preview the week shinty from all over Scotland. In a week that Scotland crashed out of the Rugby World Cup at the hands of Ireland, there was no shinty whatsoever due to torrential downpours across the country. Alongside me to go through everything from the past month, though, is a man who considers necking a pint of his teammates' urine part and parcel of the modern game. It's the <laughs> opulent oddball, is Cami Middleton. Cami, we have spoken about rugby on the podcast in the past. What I want to know, though, is have you seen any hazing rituals during your time in Shinty? Um, firstly, great to be
1: back It's been a while And see the minute you mentioned rugby there I knew it was going down that route 100% <laughs> Any in rituals Not so much in Shinty And I'm quite glad for that I quite like rugby as a sport I don't really like the culture of rugby and I think you Maybe you do not agree with the sport part But you'll definitely agree with the culture side of things yeah. I've went and watched my brother's team quite a few times And it is a load of like neck and pints after the after the game And so it's all getting a wee bit closer and all that But no, not in Shinty
0: thankfully yeah, yeah, the showers last as long as the the game in rugby. But um, <laughs> anyway, the less said about that, the better. Um, what did you get up to the weekend past? Um, the
1: weekend there. I my flatmate came back from sea, so I was out with him. Had a good time. Um, I dragged him. He's not a football fan, and I dragged him to uh, Hamden to watch Morton against Queens Park in the pouring rain when it finished nil nil. So a good turgid game of football for him. I mean, it was. Uh, i all honest. I've watched a lot of Morton games. That was absolute torture. Uh, it was money down the drain. But bar that, uh, just a few drinks uh, and nothing really too kind of strenuous after that. No, what about yourself?
0: Yeah, I was, um, well, I'm just back from Lisbon. That's why we haven't recorded in quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was basically on a weekend recovering from that. Flew back from Lisbon on the Tuesday, half the man I was when I left the previous Thursday. Um, and then on that Thursday just passed, I for some reason decided to go down to Aberdeen. Now I'm not an Aberdeen fan, I'm a Ross County fan. Uh, but we went to go down to see Aberdeen versus Helsinki in the Europa Conference League. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that was an experience uh, Not a great game, but a good night Anyway, it was stayed warm and certainly more exciting Than their 0-0 draw that they had With St Johnson on Sunday, so if I was going to one Of their games, I'm glad it was that one um, But yeah, a quiet weekend For me, Cami, uh, this weekend Any plans so far? This weekend
1: um, Well, I was going to say I'm playing, I'm probably not Playing because I'm injured at the moment, but we've got A Bod Cup final, uh, which I'm mm. sure I think we'll Talk about later on, uh, so really, really Looking forward to that Um, And apart from that, it's my brother's girlfriend or kind of baby mama's um, baby shower. Um, So I think I'm kind of being left with the kind of other like boyfriends and brothers and things that who aren't invited to that so I think we'll need to end up kind of figuring out something to do but yeah good weekend ahead and we'll see how it goes I'm guessing you're having another quiet one or is that you you're recovered
0: no no I think I will be staying relatively quiet again Um, I'm sure you would have seen and and lots of people listening would have seen there's there's been quite a couple of tragedies um, for Bewley uh, specifically over the last couple of weeks Um, So Toad McLean, Mark McLean, who a lot of people will be familiar with as as a Shinty referee, um, obviously passed away last week Um, and then just at the start of or the end of last week as well, um, Kirsteen McClennan, who is Finlay Stork, McClennan's mother and also one of Mander 14's mums as well, um, passed away sadly. So got the funeral on Saturday, hopefully give her the send off that she deserves. Um, and then, yeah, after that, my, a couple of drinks. But uh, I'm I'm trying to keep it relatively quiet because course, I'm yeah. still still in recovery from Lisbon, like I said. Um, OK, let's get this show on the road. Kami, what have you been talking about? Normally, I would say in the past week, but we haven't recorded for <laughs> a month. You pick anything you like.
1: Yeah, I'll start us off uh, on the wheel of news With something that happened uh, roughly four weeks ago Um, That's of course the uh, Cameron Cup final Which took place at the Buck Park And in case you've been living under a rock Was won at the death via a Ruri Anderson strike Crowning King Yusie as this year's champions Their 25th title in total So congratulations Um, I'd like to apologise Being the fact that we're only talking about it now As you said, a mixture of of work and holidays Between myself and you Has been our undoing really just the worst possible timing. But in saying that, we were at the final, eh, and I honestly, I loved every second of it. Um, as a bitter and stubborn South supporter, I've always had my issues with the final being at the Bucht, eh, with Inverness kind of being so far away. But after taking in a really decent game of Shinty, eh, and how, how well it was organised with the really decent atmosphere, I'm now, I'm now fully convinced, eh, and I'm already looking ahead to when it's next going to be in Inverness. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm not just saying that. As for the actual game, um, well done, King Yusie uh, I mean, another Camden Cup triumph uh, We've said everything we, we possibly could have said about this team uh, And I think it's just one of them cases where we should enjoy them well it last. I think um, I do think, honest to God, we're watching one of the best teams To have ever done it, I really mean that The record speaks for them themselves uh, They have a ridiculous ability to win games They are serial winners And I think that's been evidently clear this season um, However, it wasn't plain sailing for them um, Oban Kammerich gave it an unbelievable go Especially during the second half If I had to pick a team to go on and win it during that time I was swaying in favour of Oban Their ability to kind of win back possession so quickly And rapidly move the ball up the park is tremendous And when you look at the age of this uh, Oban team as well They're going to be one of the sides to watch for quite some time And I'm certain it won't be the last time they make a Kammerich final um, Individually I was speaking to you at the game about this I can't stress how good Daniel Sloss is especially during the opening half hour or so he slotted in at full back on the day which I think was a smart tactical move mm. um, and the way he gets the ball get, gets to the ball first without necessarily being lightning quick or even that physically imposing, the way he still gets to the ball and clears it to safety almost every time is astounding and he does this with an unbelievable kind of level of composure, he's an absolute he's a joy to watch in defence in my opinion uh, and it wasn't the only open player I was really impressed with, Malcolm Clark. Certainly a player that goes under the radar. Uh, but I thought he was a constant threat in the camera forward line. I was mega impressed by them. But it takes an equally as impressive team to stop this open side. And that was King say Robert Mabin with his usual uh, self at the back. And I put in another fantastic performance. I was also impressed by Calm Grant and Thomas Borthwick. But it was Rudy Anderson, the goal-scoring hero, uh, who was a standout for me. I strongly believe he's one of the best players in Shinty. He's a half-backs nightmare. A player who can run for ages, who's rapid and Alton has a cracking shot on him, he's kind of the full package if you will, it was great seeing him get the winner again this year, so brilliant day, uh, congratulations King Ussie. uh, who then went on to lose to Cabervé the week after, maybe with a bit of a cup hangover there uh, and they just got by Beaulieu with another Rudy Anderson strike at the death, they should be home and dry, I think, in the Premiership, but if you ever wanted evidence that it's been their defence which has put them in the kind of driving seat, They've scored less goals this year in the league than Newtonmore, Kyles, Caberfe, Owen and even Sky. And have only scored four more times than relegated all albeit in less games. Their defence speaks for itself and the performance in this year's Camera Cup final in Matty's proves that they're still the best team in Sydney. But aye, it was a really good day. I think you'd agree on that one.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a good day. Um, I didn't see much of the second half because I was just working, doing the, the glamorous side of Shinty and, and taking the bollards in from all up and down <laughs> the road outside of the back. But uh, yeah, no, it was good. Um, I think yeah, I'll credit to, to Can you see again, you know, they're not playing at the top of the game and they haven't been for, for quite a number of weeks, to be fair. But it doesn't matter. They're still picking up winners, they're still picking up championships and it looks like they're probably... Probably, not definitely, still going to win the league. Um, Yeah, delighted for Rudy Anderson, I think, over the last three years. I'd said it in an interview with him before the final. Over the last three years, you know, James Faulkner's had his year in 2021. Savio had his year in 2019. Roddy Young, obviously, had his year last year. You know, was it going to be Rudy's year this year? And there you go, he pops up with a winning goal in the Telecom's Caminac Cup final. doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't get much bigger than that. So, yeah, absolutely delighted for Rudy Anderson. Um, Yeah, a bit gutted for for Oben Caminac, I thought they'd give it a real good go. Um, I was hoping for a game similar to the Macaulay and that, you know, there was quite a lot of chances. It didn't quite turn out that way. It was a sort of chance were few and far between um, due to two sterling uh, backlines. And I think that Daniel Sloss, um, yeah, it's going to be really disappointed, obviously, not to be taking the trophy home. But he'll be he should be very proud of his performance because I thought he was uh, an absolute clear winner for the Albert Smith medal. And uh, yeah, delighted for him. And he'll be travelling away with Scotland um, in the coming weeks. I want to talk about Glenackert though. We'd spoken about Lkhaber previously when they went on to win the Maui National, a division that I think we've both agreed this year has been the most exciting. Um, But it's Glenackert who secured their return to the Maui Premiership after grinding out a 0-0 draw with Kilmali. That match was filmed and is available on the Kamenacht Association's YouTube channel. So if you want to see what that game is like, then I think that's the place to go. I thought you know, maybe I'll talk about it on the podcast, but it was a nil-nil match and I think the overall picture is much more interesting, so I'd rather dissect that a little bit. Glen finished fifth last season and to be honest with you coming into this season I would have probably had LaCaber, Fort William, Kilmalley and Inverary all pegged as finishing above the boys from Blair Beg. But they proved both myself and a lot of other people wrong by racking up a solid nineteen points and securing promotion to the premiership. I think It would maybe be helpful to try and and think about it chronologically. So they finished last season with nine points, just six points away from relegation and a huge 16 points off Bewley in second place. And even at the start of this season, they were winless in the opening three games, including losing at home to newly promoted Cole Glenn in the second week of the season. However, that defeat actually proved to be their only defeat until two games ago where they lost to Champions League Haber and undefeated ran in the league spanning four months. Now, critics will say, you know, there was a lot of draws in there and to be fair, there were five in all, the second highest in the league. But I guess the reality is the, the end justifies the means and those five points are the difference between promotion to the Premiership and fourth place in the National. So all credit to them. There's no question, Glenn, are a team that's sort of built on a strong back line. Their defense is actually the meanest in the division, giving up just fifteen goals all season. Um and in a move that I guess could be deemed gamekeeper turned poacher. John Barr's switch from uh, into the forward line proved to be a masterstroke, with the former back getting 10 league goals this season, over a quarter of Glen Uckert's total, with David McLennan, Ryan Porter and Daniel McLean also picking up decent tallies. If I had to choose a pivotal moment for the Glen, it would probably be their 2-0 win over Fort William in June. That would actually be the only time in the final eight games that Fort would lose. And although we didn't know it then, it would prove to be a huge two points in the Hanford promotion. So yeah, just Wanted to start off this podcast by saying a huge congratulations to everyone at Glenucket. I don't want to spoil the celebratory mood by talking about their chance in the Premiership next season, so I won't. Uh, yeah, no, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. It's been
1: such a tricky and strange national division this season. There's been times where, you're like, right, okay, it's like Avon and Comale going for it. Then it's like, right, okay, here's Fort Williams it's like, oh, wait, wait, it's or Is it about weight setting Glenucket are there? Um, and I mean, I'm quite glad they've they've made it in the end. Um, if fixtures were maybe different, maybe if they had to play Fort William again earlier, it would have been maybe slightly different. But, I mean, it's all if, buts and maybes, and I think they are deserved. Uh, I was going to say Charlie but they're deserved of the promotion as well. I watched them earlier in uh, maybe the McTavish against Sky, or maybe the Kamnik, I can't remember. And I remember thinking at the time, they didn't get the result on the day, but I was mega, mm. mega impressed by them. They really, really gave the game to Sky, and especially Sky's defence, which was really impressive as well. So, at that time, I was like, wait a second, I think we've got a good team on our hands here and I'm actually very glad to see them kind of go all the way this year and especially as you mentioned it, the turnaround from losing to newly promoted Colglen Glenn as well at Blair Beg. so all credit to them, we'll see how they get on next year, obviously that's a different story but <laughs> I uh, I think they'll just enjoy it now whilst, whilst it's
0: lasting. Yeah, absolutely. What else have you been talking about Kami?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll continue with news from two weeks ago, <laughs> and that's <laughs> uh, of course been the Mary Scotland squad, which has been announced in anticipation of the returning Shinty Hurling International, which will take place at Perkesler in Newry on October 21st. Um, the international something I've been really looking forward to for quite some time. Uh, As a Shinny and a Hurling fan, it's something that kind of ticks all the right boxes for me. And after seeing the squad, I'm kind of eager to see how it plays out this year. I won't go through all 20 of Gary Reid's selections, as there's quite a few who you'd have stick-ons to be there. Uh, As well as a a few bigger missions, which I think we'll be talking about in a future episode, possibly. Don't quote me on that. But Mm. I feel like it's a very well-balanced squad. And considering the short turnaround time from the fixture being confirmed to the squad being announced, I feel like Gary Reed has done a good job to pick a 20 he's happy with. Um, Camera Cup standouts, Daniel Sauce and Rudy Anderson, I'm very happy to see involved, uh, as well as mm. Blair and Craig Morrison. They were definites, no doubt, uh, but there was a small part of me that worried <laughs> that they wouldn't be selected for some reason, so that's a bit, a bit of a relief. Um, but some names that have stood out to me, which I'm very happy to see involved, is... Um, Firstly, Duncan Mathson, a Kinloch Shield, probably yeah. one of the most promising players in Sydney. And every time I've watched him play in person, online, uh, or even for the North, um, he's been a total standout and delight to see him Can kind I of get recognised. Um also Scott McDonald from Kyle's. Um I mean Kyle's forward line of Scott, Connor Kennedy, Ross McLean, Will Cowies are going to be one of the most well rounded and dangerous attacking lines of all of Shitty. Uh if- which is, I think is clear they're currently the second highest scorers in the league behind a, a certain Cabaret and a certain Craig Morrison mm. and Kevin Bartlett for that matter, he can't leave him out, but in that forward line is a player I've been watching for some time now that's Scott McDonald. his cousin of also been rightfully selected uh, for his experience but Scott's been a massive standout for Kyles and he's probably playing the best shint of his life which is even more impressive considering uh, the thumb injuries he's had to overcome in recent years he's also scored 18 times in all competition this year from half forward which I think is very impressive so fair play to him Um I mean I could I could easily go through every player individually, but no one wants to hear me ramble that much. Um so I'll briefly touch on a couple more. I like the inclusion of Danny Kelly from Love It. You need a bit of kind of grit and physicality in these matches, I think that's what he provides. Uh, I'm delighted with John Gillis getting recognised, one of Sky's best players and a player receives a lot of plaudits from rival players in the league. Mm-hmm. Good to see Blair McFarlane from Oban get his chance and it's uh, good to see Steve McDonald being selected again with his long hitting and imagine he'll be one of Scotland's key players again this year. So yeah, exciting stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more soon but
0: uh, I wish I was joining you in Belfast in a few weeks time. I can't lie. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great, and I think you've done a good summary there, Cam. You're right enough. I think maybe next week even we'll we'll maybe do an alternative Scotland squad to the players who could have made it,
1: yeah. um,
0: but we'll we'll leave that for next week. i um, just to touch on the ones that that did make the squad. I think there's a lovely mix of sort of uh, experience. Uh, you've got your Andy Kings, your Roddy McDonalds, your Finlay McCrae's, who I think to racking up his, his 20th international appearance um, this year. Uh, and then obviously the Stephen McDonald that you just pointed out there. But there's also, although maybe not all of them are youths, so there's a lot of debutants. There's 11 debutants out of the yeah. 20. So 11 people will be picking up their first Scotland Cup. Uh, in a couple of weeks time so yeah it's just great to see some new people I was worried a little bit that you know obviously with the lateness of the announcement uh, from the GAA that maybe Gary would just stick with what he knew and, and pick you know a good portion of the 20 that travelled uh, to Ireland in 2019 I'm glad to see he hasn't done that you know that was four years ago now and I think the squad he's picked is is, is really strong um, but yeah we'll talk about the guys who who maybe be a little bit disappointed not to make it or who could have made it in, in an alternative universe uh, next week on the podcast but yeah really excited about the return of the Maui International Um, and yeah excited for the trip to Belfast so yeah that's good but from the national team I'll go back to the national division because I can't talk about anything else and I want to talk about the basement battle that happened between Oban Celtic and Strathglass. A few weeks ago, Strathglass Glass picked up obviously a huge win against Colglan, only for Celtic to then get a draw against Inverary, keeping their heads just above the murky relegation water. We had built up a few weeks ago as all coming down to the game between Celtic uh, and Strathglass Glass and a kind of relegation playoff, if you will. And I had expected it to be a turgid affair because of what was at stake, but we saw from the scoreline it certainly wasn't like that whatsoever. Instead, we were in for a sort of ding-dong battle. Seth Jones put the Highlanders 1-0 up with the only goal the first half after 25 minutes. However, in the second half, the floodgates would open. Settling back almost immediately after the restart, Gabriel T- Tizer, um his goal was the first of the season for him. Um, 20 minutes later, Penry Jones put Strathglass back in the lead. That lasted all the two minutes as Ali McCarriker levelled the score again. The home fans barely finished celebrating that though when Stephen Hislop put Strathglass 3-2 up and that's how it stayed right up until the 88th minute when Scotland under 17 international Innes Jackson bagged his third of the season to make it three each. Honours even in that game meant that Strathglass needed to better Oban's result going into the final game of the season with neither having a particularly favourable tie. Celtic facing the champions with Strathglass taking on Kilmali. We now know, of course, that Celtic managed to hold Le Carver to a two-each draw and Strathglass went down at 6-1 to Kilmali, which means Celtic survived by two clear points in the end, despite not picking up a single win all season. Incredible stuff, really, but that is the national division. It throws up all sorts of crazy things. Congratulations, do go to Oban Celtic for staying in the division. My commiserations to Strathglass, who will drop down into Maui North Division 1. And we all know how hard a division that is to get out of. Just ask Inverness.
1: Yeah. I think you're pretty spot on there. I mean, in terms of, I know we went to the final game of the season technically, but in terms of realistically staying up a last minute equaliser to keep your team in the national from minutes, and that's, it doesn't really get better than that. And I think Oban Celtic will be over the moon with that. Stiff Glass, really unlucky not to have stayed up. And the thing that, that's sticking out to me is getting out of that North Division one. Yeah, it's a really, really, really tough league. And it's not just from Newton Moore as well. It's the likes of Glengarry, Sky, Kinloch Shield, Fort William. It is so, so, so tough. So I'll be very, I'll be keeping a keen eye on stuff i to see how they kind of bounce back from this as well. But all credit obviously goes to Open Celtic. That was a brilliant way to end the season there for them. Yeah, definitely. They'll be delighted with that. What else caught your
0: eye over the last four weeks, Gummy?
1: Yeah, I'll continue with a South 1 basement battle, which... I might have gotten wrong. Um, It wasn't too little too late for Kyles Seconds, which was made very clear by the barrage (laughs) of messages I received from their manager, Grant Prophet, who made sure to remind me that was incorrect and that Kyles will be a one team again next year. In my defence, when I made the original statement, I was unaware that Kyles were actually set to play Lockside Rovers again. I thought the original game, which was awarded to Lockside, uh, and they were given the points, I thought that was it. I thought that was the case, but I didn't factor in the fact that they would still need to play that fixture again. And although they lost 6-0, this extra fixture gave Kyles leeway, meaning all that they needed to do was beat Ballyhulish in the final of the game of the season to in order to stay up. And goals from Thomas White, Rupert Williamson, Abby Anderson and a surprising double from Max Carr, who normally plays in defence, eh, secured a well-deserved 5-1 victory for Kyles, who did go behind early early on, thanks to Pat McLean eh, from Ballyhulish. This result has doomed Ardna to the drop after only one season up. Seeing as they weren't crowned champions of South 2 last time out, um, it does pose the question that was this a step up? Was this a step up a bit too early for Ard? Personally, I feel like they made the right call uh, and were slightly unlucky with injuries over the course of the year. And losing their top scorer from last time out in Herbie Patterson for a large chunk of the season certainly played its part. They'll be back in South 2 next year. Um, I mean, we will have a cracking away day to Strontian again, which I'm personally buzzing about. But um, they will be in our league after gaining the experience of playing some very decent teams in the league above, and I think they'll be very keen to return to South 1 next year a really, really decent battle between them and Kyles again, um, Kyles, I mean well done to them, um, even though I say that for gritted teeth, the form at the end of the <laughs> season it spoke for itself and um, uh, they were all absolutely buzzing after this scene the celebrations going on after the game so Kyles, South 1 team again next year, and are are working unlucky overall, but yeah, it seemed like that was a really, really good relegation dogfight there
0: Yeah, brilliant and uh, delighted to see you get something so clearly wrong that you get (laughs) dogged by one of our member clubs. So yeah, just absolutely love that all round and and fair play to Kyle's for staying in the division Um, and hopefully they can continue in South 1 for time to come. We have also crowned more champions because obviously it's been four weeks. There's three champions in the women's divisions who've been crowned, namely Dinard, kinloch Shield and baden ladies Now, we said from pretty early in the season it's only a matter of time for these three sides and that's exactly what has transpired. We'll start with Dinard, who actually lost their final game of the season against Edinson 5-3 a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, they played a pretty flawless league campaign, scoring an average of six goals per game and winning all nine of their other matches. It's practically impossible to talk about Dinard without speaking about Ailey Cameron, who's been an absolute revelation. She has 42 of the club's 61 league goals and won the South Division 2 top scorer award by more than double her neatest competition Dinard did finish second last year to Arden American who were promoted so the expectation would have been that you know they were promoted this campaign however we have seen countless examples of teams falling short of that expectation so all credit to the girls for getting over the line and completing what has been a really successful campaign for Dinard and also for the club as a whole in Komori Dinard Another team that probably would have expected to win the league this year is Kinloch-Shiel. They not only missed out by one point to Glen Uckert last year, although they did win the Maui Challenge Cup just a couple of weeks ago they repeated the latter feat and for some time this season it has been clear that they were going to win the division two they were denied the chance to seal the title a fortnight ago uh, as Sky seconds beat them actually causing a lot of commotion in the west coast with accusations of gamesmanship uh, with a Friday night fixture meaning Sky fielded some Valerie Fraser champions in the second team not the kind of drama that we at the Half Swing Shinty podcast like to get involved in so no comment from me but <laughs> (laughs) That was, in the end, purely academic as Shield would go on to record a 9-0 win over Levitt last weekend to seal the title with a couple of games left to spare. 90 goals in 14 games speaks volumes about just how good this Kinloch Shield side have been in the league. And Lexi McKenzie will have the hottest ears this side of Hadrian's wall, given the amount we have spoken about, what a talent she is. She will undoubtedly finish up as the league's top goalscorer, having already bagged 34. Lorna McRae is second in the charts with 20, and those two are both a formidable partnership in the forward line and integral to Sheil's chances next season. On a personal note, I'm obviously devastated to see regional development officer for the East, Elena McLennan, get promoted, but as I said, uh, after the Challenge Cup triumph, Kinloch Sheil are already a Maui National Division side, and I think that they will be able to compete very well next year, and I think that a safe mid-table can consolidation season is ahead of them. Badenock ladies were also presented with the Maui WCA National Division title after winning 9-0 against Glynacker at the final day of the season. That makes it three league titles in a row for the girls at the Dell. That result capped off, again, a nearly flawless campaign for Badenock, the only blemish, a 2-1 defeat against Le in their opening game of the season. If that was the negative, the positives included conceding less than a goal a game and scoring an average of over seven per game. In addition, the club boasted a gold and silver in the division's top scorers charts with Zoe Reed's 30 goals, enough to beat second place Kirsty Deans to the accolade. After doing the double for the first time in the club's history, you know, winning a single trophy this year might be considered a slip from some at the club. But if anything, that just goes to show how far this side has come and their expectations really are that high. Ultimately, the league is the hardest competition to win for any side. And that is exactly what they've done. So all credit to Badenoch, kinloch Shield, and Denaad for winning those Maui WCA divisions. And we will be back with Kick Tip Corner after a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the game of the week after a quick word from our sponsors. Shinty is at the heart of the communities where Mary works and plays, and for
1: 35 years Mary has sponsored senior Camanachd leagues, the annual National Shinty Awards, and more recently the Young Persons Development Fund. Whether it's with sponsorship or taking our salmon wagon to cup finals and fueling players and fans with our tasty salmon, we love being part of the Shinty family. So. From throw-up to the final whistle, Maui Scotland will continue to work with the Kamarach Association to support our country's most iconic sport.
0: OK, kami this weekend we're back. Hopefully we're going to have a full card of shinty fixtures. We're not going to be put off by the rain. What would be your game of the week? Yeah, I mean, tricky week to pick. A game of the week because there's only
1: kind of... A few fixtures left, kind of overall really. Kenyushi um, Can can't drop points away in Yoker, uh, and you don't think that they would, but it's one of them kind of tricky fixtures where, which could decide the season. Uh, Kenilshill kind of, Love it always poses a good game, but I'm going to go for the South Derby in Tynabrook, and that's Kyles and Oban. Kamenich is my game of the week. It's been quite a Kyles heavy episode this, and trust me, I'm just disappointed, uh, just as disappointed in saying that as you are hearing it. But um, they are one of the teams at the moment, and uh, the runner form in the league has been one of the stories of the season. A uh, heart-wrenching or um, or hysterical defeat away to King Lucy, depends on what side of kill you're from, uh, all but likely derailed their title hopes. But looking at form, league standings and upcoming fixtures, there's still hope. Firstly, Kyles need to overcome Oban. Uh, Camera Cup finalists, ruthless in attack, dogged in defence and have an overall energy about them which has been unparalleled all season. Um, They made light work of GMA following the final and then a 4-1 win before they were on the wrong side of four goals as Sky thrashed them away from home, albeit I believe they were missing a few. Kyle's form speaks for itself, but in this fixture form does kind of go out the window a wee bit. It's a bit of a grudge match. It's bragging rights. It's about South uh, supremacy. And if Oban have a chance to put a nail in Kyle's coffin in terms of the title race, the title race, I'm sure they'll jump at that opportunity. Um, Oban have won all three of their last three meetings um, and there's been two red cards in their last four outings between the two. So safe to say we're in for an entertaining encounter on Saturday. In terms of the league... There's three teams left who could possibly be crowd champions, although you could argue with one game remaining, it's less likely that Newton Moore will be on top come the end. Uh, Kingussie sitting first, one point ahead of Kyles and levelling points with Newton Moore, and with three games remaining. GMA away on Saturday before they host Sky and then Newton Moore. Kyles need to win the remaining two fixtures starting on Saturday against Oban before they travel to Kinloch Shield, and they need Kingussie to slip up once before they take on Newton Moore and Abedinock Derby to close the season. Let's talk Hypothetically, you're Aaron. say Kyle's won their next two and can you say drop points, say they beat GMA and they draw against Sky or something like that, could you see a circumstance where Newton Moore could deny their rivals a title win or will it be all over and done with before then?
0: Yeah, I think you've previewed it well there. I think, yeah, that, that that's the worry for Canissi, isn't it? I mean, they could yeah. potentially drop points against Sky. I think GMA is a foregone conclusion. You know, it's not too nice to say, but, you know, they're rooted to the bottom of the table, already relegated. It's pretty hard to get yourself uh, up and motivated enough um, to take on the champions, let alone uh, take anything off them, despite being at home. Um, I, yeah, I think that if we do end up in that position, you know, if Sky draw... Uh, with Canusey, then that'll be one of the most exciting games in a long, long time. You know, Newton Moore coming head to head with their arch rivals with a chance to deny them the title and hand it to Kyles. Mm-hmm. However, I think, you know, we're, there's a lot of if, bats and maybes. Um, so, firstly, As you rightly pointed out, Kyles have to beat Oban Kamenak this Saturday for that to be even, you know, for any of those games to have any relevance whatsoever. And that's no easy task. You know, we are talking about Macaulay Cup champions, Kamenak Cup finalists, Celtic Cup champions. Um, I think, though, the motivation is with Kyles because they do have something still to play for. Uh, like I just said okay, they could move into fourth in the league table and could stay there depending on Caber's result against Kinloch Shield in a few weeks time which is a perfectly admirable goal but for a team that won the Celtic the Macaulay and were gnarly edged out in the Kamenacht final I'm not sure fourth place is going to be really what's keeping them going for Kyles there's like you say a chance to win the Maui Premiership an outside chance totally but a chance Um, you know like you said Canisio will need two wins from their final three games if Kyles can take care of their own business um you know, I think that that could be a really exciting one. What I do think, though, is that although Kyles will have the motivation, all the motivation in the world to, to pull off a result this Saturday, I don't think both things will go for them. I don't think both they'll pick up all their results and uh, can you see will drop the points that they need to drop. I mean, as a Buley man, I know exactly we picked up a, a decent result against Levitt. Um, and then the next week, Sky go and thrash uh, Open Kamenak. Anyway, so you know it, it just gets taken out of your hands. There's too many permutations. It is can you see's title, but I think Kyles will still be Open Kamenak this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's such a difficult one, isn't it? And it's also it's the way the kind of fixtures work out as well. Like if Kunguji were maybe playing Newton Moore on Saturday, Newton Moore can kind of know right, if we can, can overcome Cungusi here, that might put Kyles in the driving seat a wee bit. But the fact that it's GMA first, which should be two points, I know it's harsh to say, but it should be two points. Then it's Sky, a team Cungusi have been getting the better of for the majority of the season. Um, you'd imagine it's two wins out of two, I think. And I think Cungusi are professional enough to kind of know the task at hand and they know that Premiership is still well up for grabs here. But I think I agree with you, the fact I can see Kyles picking up two wins out of two and kind of putting the pressure on them. But I think this Canousie side, as we said earlier on the the start of the episode, they're too good at winning.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're not talking about the Canousie side of of maybe 2018, 2019 with a lot of young guys with no real experience of winning things. We're talking about seasoned veterans, Grand Grand Slam winners. Um, And okay, yeah, they're having a bit of bad luck with injuries, but I think that they should have too much in the end. Um, that was undoubtedly the game of the week, Kami, but there is, of course, a final on this weekend, as you mentioned earlier on. Now, it might not have the grandiose of the Telecom's Camna Cup final, but the Mod Cup final will be played between Glasgow Uni and none other than your mob, de Dunoon. Here's what I know. It's on Saturday, King George V playing fields in Paisley, 2pm 2, 2 start. But here's what I don't know. How's the team looking ahead of Saturday? What like are Glasgow Uni? And is this going to be your chance to get your hands on some silverware?
1: Good questions. Good question. Team is looking actually quite good ahead uh, of Saturday. I mean, we've been pretty plagued with injuries quite a lot this season, and then kind of people being away with work and stuff like that. But as terms as as teams go, I'm I'm quite quite happy with this. Our issue is our last game is at the end of July, <laughs> um, and. Me included, I've put on a little bit of beef since then, I think there have been a few <laughs> others, so it's going to be really difficult kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, as I said earlier, I don't know if I'm going to be playing, there's a high chance I'm not playing, I'm out injured, which is just typical of, I've played quite a lot, I've almost, I've started every game pretty much this season bar one when I was away in holiday, and now the, a final comes up and I'm out with a back injury at 25 years old, so I'm pretty much <laughs> that, um, but really big occasion, uh, Mod Cup, is. It's it's a it's a great cup. It's been it's been playing since like the know, but like eighteen ninety or eighteen eighty something like that. The Aviemore Cup has been um, the only national trophy that King you have having won things that I've been I've been home with all the facts. Um, yeah. In terms of opposition, uh, Glasgow Uni, it's, it's it's a strange one for us. We don't really know what to expect. Um, I had a little kind of glimpse of Uni last season, um, but apart from that, I, I played against Edinburgh Uni for Southside. So in terms of Glasgow Uni, I've got no idea. I know the boy Kind of runs it Rory McDermott He plays for GMA Twos. So I think there's quite a, a few other That play for GMA as well And I think they might be able To get a couple of alumni in And I don't know What the rulings are on that But I think there'll be kind of A couple of older bodies Helping them out So we're just kind of Preparing for it In a way that we prepare For any other game And if anything Preparing for a team That maybe have the kind of Standard and calibre Of the league above But it'll all come down To next Saturday I don't really know What to expect All we can do Is just kind of Prepare ourselves But I think it's going to be A really really good game And I mean I hope hope we can get our hands In some form of silver That would be nice Even if it is the Mod Cup Even if it's a little bit Of a niche trophy as well I think teams still Desperately want to win it I think T4 from Aberdour Was the final last year And I think that was a really Hotly contested final So I think this is going to be The exact same So I'm really looking forward to it
0: Yeah, hopefully. I, I bit back a couple of responses about, uh, you know, you having a sore back and you being out, you know, maybe improving the team selection chances. Because I did actually <laughs> see through the week that you were crowned the most improved player, was it? Oh, you yeah. Name, this season? Yeah, Gee improved. whiz. Eh? I I that, that, you... that, position, that positional switch from the forward line into defence, it's is, is Daniel Wonders, Cammy, is it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the you were pretty brutal last season, and now you're slightly less brutal this season. Awards, <laughs> has <isn't> it? <laughs> but yeah, now he's like, don't take that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. No fair play, to you. Okay, cool. Um, I think we'll round things off with a fan favourite, some wavelengths.
1: Nah, that sounds good. It's been a
0: while. No worries, Cammy. Do you want to put me on mute, and I will tell the listeners what number we are playing with today?
1: Right. Okay. No worries.
0: Number nine. nice is that that is you, okay Kami, so you know how it works, you've got five questions to try and figure out which number it is you've been assigned on a scale from 1 to 10 Two of them shinty questions, three of them not shinty questions, in your own time, take it away Let's start with the shinty questions,
1: get them out of the way and I'll go for, give me a shinty kit please a shinty
0: kit not a problem whatsoever um i will give you uh i'll give you Col glenn
1: Col glenn right so this is this is it gets tricky here because bit of a rival for us i'm already going to put that down to the wall but then again it's you that it doesn't really matter to be fair quite a nice kit with the yellow and black i think it's a new kit as well with a kind of the white collar same, probably seven or eight at the moment. Um, we'll see with the next one. What about a shinty stadium or a ground? I mean, stadium, well, there's a little bit of a couple of stadiums, but shinty ground. A shinty ground, uh, Mossfield. Oh, got to be higher up the park now. I think maybe eight, maybe touching nine as well. Mossfield, a lot of people are kind of go on about Mossfield. Right, away
0: from shinty, give me a Scottish football team. A Scottish football team? This could be a bit, yeah. A Scottish football team. Let me give you uh let me give you
1: celtic right i'm guessing that's in terms of standard rather than your all oh, right okay should i maybe clarify, should have maybe clarified should it should have be been more specific <laughs> shouldn't you come <kill> in? <laughs> but it's got to be in terms of standard because you're a ross county and i think you've got a wee soft spot for rangers as well so right okay i think we're hitting the nines here maybe tens possibly tens what about a choice of takeaway food
0: okay so a choice of takeaway food do you mean like the the if you're ordering something and yeah, yeah, like ah, a cuisine, yeah Ah, not a meal, the cuisine, right, okay no. Cool, um, let me say Let me say a Chinese Chinese, a solid
1: option I'm more of an Indian guy myself, but Chinese I mean, that's, if you asked a lot of people That's going to be high up there, right, okay I'm, I'm thinking nine, I'm pretty certain nine, I'll go one more Give me a
0: beer Oh, great question That's a good um, question Great question, a beer Oh, see, I don't have Um, Anyway, I don't want to give it away But, um for me it would be an innocent gun an innocent gun right okay
1: I quite like an innocent gun I was, I was kind of hoping you'd say something terrible but you'd quite like so I can slag you but no an innocent gun's actually not too bad right Cole Glenn, Mossfield, Celtic Chinese, innocent gun I think you've given me a I think you've said 9
0: am I right in saying that is that your final answer that is my final answer 9 yeah you're absolutely right in saying that Call me. well done Sam that's, that's two uh, in a row for me by the yeah, way yeah I know I know see I'm actually realised I'm terrible at this game we're playing it all holiday and what I do when you play it in a group obviously you go around and just ask each person one question rather than one person five questions and what I would do is I'd be like right okay it's an eight it's an eight it's an eight it's an eight and then the last person gave me something else a four so I would go with a four uh, just absolutely <laughs> terrible tactics shouldn't be playing the game whatsoever a disgrace to my family um, but a great game nonetheless and yeah you've managed to, to win again Kami so congratulations uh, Chinese yeah Chinese Chinese are nine because Indians are ten. I agree with you on that. Oh nice. M- M- Mossfield, definitely, definitely a nine. Um, you know, if the Dells are ten, Mossfield's probably the next best in the in the country, okay. I would say. Yeah, I, I can get behind um, that. Cole Glenn, I've thought, oh okay. that's one of my favourite ones. Uh, I like this. Yeah. It's a nice cut. Is it a nine? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Um on that bombshell, we have run out of time. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for joining me, kami Thanks again, Ed Mip. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.